Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, December 14th, 2018. There were no special events this weekend, so let's start things off with Monday Night Raw. We open with Seth Rollins, who is already in the ring. Okay. Why does it keep screaming, burn it down? That's kind of annoying. I thought my video was skipping or repeating or something. Seth wants to talk shit to Corbin's face. This could be interesting. We work shoot ourselves into a fake pipe bomb. Here's the important question. Why is this happening? Why is Rollins calling out Corbin about any of this? Corbin, of course, doesn't give a shit. You know, with as much as they're pimping that Baron is going to win by forfeit at TLC, it's almost as if Braun is not only going to be at TLC, but also is going to win. Seth then demands that Baron Corbin put him through hell. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Baron repeatedly refuses the challenge for a TLC match until Seth repeatedly calls him a coward, and then he accepts. And it's a title match. Why? Charlie then asks Seth if he regrets calling out Baron, and now he kind of does? Dude, he tried to turn down the challenge. Match number one, Raw Tag Titles, AOP and Drake Maverick versus Rude and Gable. Yep, three on two. So, last week, Bobby Rude had to defeat Drake Maverick to earn a tag title shot. Last week, Bobby Rude got pinned by Drake Maverick. And this week, they have a title match. Negative points for the utter lack of logic in the first 20 minutes of this episode. Bobby has his robe back now, and Chad has his own robe now. In my head, I'm just going to assume that Bobby gave Chad the toilet robe and ordered himself a new one. They also have matching trunks now. Chad is no longer wearing a singlet. Drake getting hip-tossed over the ropes onto AOP was impressive, I must say. An incredibly awkward double-team maneuver by AOP. Looks like an atomic drop into a knee to the face. Kinda? Rude and Gable win the tag titles when Drake Maverick tries a cocky cover on Rude and gets crucified. Grade? C. The match was decent, but the finish was weird, and the fact that Rude lost his chance at a tag shot last week only to win the tag titles this week takes something away from it for me. Backstage, Bobby and Chad are jubilant at their undeserved title win. Natty cuts a promo about sunglasses. Supposedly, destroying a pair of sunglasses is equivalent to destroying someone's legacy. No, Natty. No, it's not. She then name-drops the Montreal Screwjob, which has nothing to do with Jim Neidhart, but somehow made it harder for her to get a job with WWE. Right. She then dedicates their match at TLC to her dad, whose name... She must say out loud so that we all can hear it. And this makes her cry. (sighs) Ruby interrupts, thankfully. Natty is a disgrace to her family, so expect Natty to win on Sunday. Ruby presents Natty with a table with a Jim Neidhart fathead stuck on it. She promises to drive Natty through the picture of her dad on Sunday. This part was actually pretty great. Ruby saved this promo from getting points off. Dolph then cuts a selfie promo. Match number two, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. Drew hits a white noise off the turnbuckles. 
that was impressive. Uh, the whole beat the count out at nine spot is just so overdone at this point. Uh, and goddamn, Drew McIntyre is just so fucking good at being a bastard. Uh, Claymore ends things for Drew. Grade A. These two always do great things in the ring. Encountering a super kick with a Claymore? Genius. Drew continues the assault after the bell. Drew threatens to powerbomb Dolph onto the lower section of ring steps, but the referees stop him, so instead he claymores Drew into the LED apron. Fantastic. How come the ring apron didn't flicker and flash like the stage pieces do when they get people smashed into them? They then continue to blame the sinking ship that is Monday Night Raw on Baron Corbin. Oh, great. A face-to-face with Ronda Annihilator. Match number three, Bailey versus Alicia Fox. Fuck. <sighs> Apollo takes out the Sings and Jinder with help from Sasha. Bailey to belly ends Alicia, thankfully. Grade C. Short. Pointless. No stakes. And it included Jinder, Alicia, and Apollo Crews. Dean is backstage. He demands never to be called the lunatic fringe ever again. This leads to a recap of him turning on Seth, just in case you forgot. And then he just leaves. Elias versus Bobby Lashley this Sunday at TLC. Thank God. Elias plays for the crowd and to the crowd. Match number four, Elias versus Leo Rush. Wait, really? We come back from break to a distinct lack of referee, which means guess who? It's Slater time, baby. If Slater's now a referee, does that mean he's joined the one, two, three man band? Leo tries to avoid Elias with speed, but gets caught and thrown around like a ragdoll. Lashley attacks Elias, and Heath doesn't call for the bell. It's intimated that this is because Bobby is a running buddy of Baron Corbin, and Heath doesn't want to get fired. Bobby smashes a guitar over Elias's back, which looked good, and then Heath counts the three for Leo. Christ grade. See, I really cannot wait for this Corbin-Lashley thing to be over with. At least Bobby didn't show us his ass this week. Up next, another open forum, except this time we're calling it a face-to-face, and it's Ronda and Nia, neither of whom can talk. Slater tries to leave. He is informed that he cannot. Face-to-face time. This should be painful. Oh, yay. We're opening with a Nia promo. Hooray. She randomly screams again. Ronda comes out. Yawn. Ember comes out to even the odds. Match number five, Tamina versus Ember Moon. So I guess this is happening. I mean, it's better than a face-to-face, but we still had to sit through a Nia promo. I wish Ronda had more than one angry face. This one's getting tired. Ember hits a nice rebound springboard codebreaker and then an eclipse for the pin. Grade B. This was actually quite decent. Ember Moon does good things. Backstage, Corbin threatens to fire Charlie for doing her job. Then we run down the TLC card. The match between Elias and Lashley is now a ladder match with a guitar above the ring. It's an item on a pole match. Just swap the pole for the ladder. Still dumb. Also, Jason made a very good point on this week's episode of The Rundown. Uh, Go back and listen to that. Heath Slater then appears as the referee for the TLC match between Corbin and Rollins. You know, I can't wait until Lars Sullivan debuts with a dancing gimmick. 
Match number six, Intercontinental title TLC, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. This match is crazy, as expected. Both men are put through tables by their opponent. Heath then attempts to cost Rollins the match by pushing over the ladder with Seth at the top. Slater grabs Corbin and helps him up, but Seth recovers and takes them both out, putting Corbin through another table in the process. Seth climbs and grabs the belt, and the bell rings, despite the fact that he just super kicked Heath Slater into oblivion. So, who called for the bell? Who raised the briefcase? How can there be two Dave Hebners? Grade A. This was actually a very entertaining match, and I honestly thought Baron was going to win there at the end when, uh, when Slater pushed the ladder over. Uh, I always enjoy when I can't see what's coming phrasing after the match dean stares at seth from the stage overall grade on raw this week is a c plus the jumps in logic this week and the face-to-face bring things down a peg from last week and we move on to tuesday and smackdown live we open with daniel bryan militant environmentalist i would point out the irony of him wearing a leather championship belt but daniel insults us until mustafa ali arrives and daniel calls him to the ring aren't the cruisers supposed to be raw superstars Daniel says they shouldn't have a match because the fans won't care about it and also because they'll enjoy it. What? 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 Mustafa demands the fight, so Daniel mocks him for driving an SUV. Apparently, this is your opening contest. All right. Match number one, Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa Ali. Daniel applies a surfboard-type submission, but pulls back on the mouth and face of Ali instead of the arms, which looked especially brutal. Mustafa eventually submits to a heel hook grade. B. Good match, but I think it suffered a bit from the foregone conclusion of it all. They then start to talk about TLC, but are interrupted by Daniel beating up Mustafa in the aisle. That was good. We finish talking about TLC, and it's New Day time, which means it's also rap battle time. Great. The Usos are dressed like the Usos. The Bar are dressed like run dmc if they break out into the uh, that old degeneration x song i'm so giving this bonus points seamus has cut a line in the top of his bucket hat to accommodate the mohawk i did appreciate that big e is wearing a proper three-piece suit kofi is wearing a powder blue ensemble that includes a bow tie jacket cummerbund and pants no shirt xavier is wearing orange uh, wearing a suit jacket with no sleeves a bow tie and pants The bar starts by parodying Ice Ice Baby. It is spectacularly awful. Big E ranks it trash. The Usos throw it down, of course, and all ends in a brawl, of course. The bars stand tall, so expect them to lose the belts at TLC. Asuka continues to cut promos like the past nine months hasn't happened, and we aren't supposed to remember any of it, so I guess they've decided to push her again. Miz is in the ring with the World Cup, so the streak continues. Miz makes me laugh right away by saying that he knows it's Shane's week with custody of the trophy. Uh, Miz continues to beg, which brings us to match number two, Miz and Shane versus the Vegas Boys. I've already forgotten the Vegas Boys' names. Chip and Chad, maybe? Shane completely botches a float over DDT on, uh, let's say, Chad, and then makes him submit to a triangle choke. Grade B. Miz's promo saves this from a lower grade. Miz is awesome. Backstage, Paige yells at the referee for going along with Miz's stupid plan since he's not in charge. Then Chip and Chad appear to collect their promised $5,000 apiece. Paige tells them all to fuck right off. Bonus points for actually covering bases. Randy versus Ray is a chairs match on Sunday, despite the graphics all showing ladders. Makes sense. 
Randy talks about chairs and gives us a replay of him kicking the shit out of Ray three weeks ago, then again two weeks ago. Mysterio then sneaks into the ring with a chair shot to end the promo. Standard stuff here. Becky tells Dasha that she's ready for Sunday. Love, Becky. Match number three, Jeff Hardy and Rusev versus Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. Ah, yes, the classic go-home random tag match. Also, Samoa Joe's theme song is fucking great. Uh, Welcome to your monthly reminder that the U.S. title does actually still exist. The referee rings the bell and then we're interrupted for a dance break. Negative points. Stop it. Rusev wins by pinning Nakamura, so expect him to lose on Sunday. Grade, giving this another B. Solid, but unremarkable. Backstage, Shane and Miz continue to Argo... Argo? The movie? Backstage, Shane and Miz continue to argue. Shane continues to spurn Miz's advances. Wait. So the WWE title match at TLC doesn't have a stipulation? Two times tonight they've shown this big, flashy graphics package about SmackDown being in Las Vegas, despite not referencing it at any other time during the show. What the hell? Match number four, main event time, Asuka versus Charlotte. Becky comes out to be a spectator, and they've updated her graphics package, completely removing the steampunk elements and just putting white text on a black background that says, I am the man. Awesome. Corey promises that Sunday will be the end of the man's reign, so expect her to win. Kind of a weird spot where Charlotte goes for a moonsault, but Asuka somehow manages to counter it into the Asuka lock by putting her knees up? I don't know, it just looked bizarre to me. P.S. Fuck Todd Chrisley. When we come back from break, we get a nice sequence of strikes and counters that ends in an octopus stretch by Asuka. That was really good. How come nobody accuses Asuka of stealing the it kicks from The Miz? They then do the countered moonsault into the Asuka lock spot again, but with a much more sensical series of moves. Moonsault, knees up, figure four attempt, small package into Asuka lock. Then Charlotte gets herself disqualified by beating Asuka with a kendo stick. Sure. Why not? Grade? B. Very good match. Bizarre finish. Charlotte goes after Becky once after the match, then back to Asuka, so Becky can attack from behind. Asuka ends up standing tall after everything, however, nearly guaranteeing that she will not win on Sunday. Overall grade, shocking, yes, I know, but it's a B. Everything was solidly above average this week, but some slight issues kept it from being great. We move ever onwards to 205 live to tape. Match number one, Grand Metalik versus Buddy Murphy. What, no Lucha House rules? Uh, Buddy wins with the Murphy's Law grade A. What a match. Plenty of spots where I thought Metalik might take it. Great stuff here. Easily could have been the main event of the show. Possibly should have been the main event of the show. Uh, Brian Kendrick is a changed man, and Tozawa wants him to look the part. Tozawa McMahon then attempts to fire Drake for losing the tag belts. Drew and Jack reply with a selfie promo. Last week, Arya Davari beat up a jobber. He's then backstage. His gimmick appears to be Drew Gulak's PowerPoint presentation. Match number two, Tony Nese versus Cedric Alexander. Yeah, I said Cedric. Cedric's warm-up for Sunday is the champ's running buddy. All right. Cedric pins Nice after a lumbar check. Grade B. Another fine match, but the first match was better. Murphy then tries to attack after the match, but is bested, meaning he retains on Sunday. And that's it. Overall grade A-. Two fantastic matches this week, and only the slightest bit of filler in between. Good stuff. Good stuff. Finally this week, it is NXT. Last week's NXT ended with a fucking great promo with Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. Let's see what this week holds. Tonight we start the qualifiers for the four-way to determine the number one contender for the women's title. A bit convoluted. Plus, Ricochet defends the North American title against a mystery opponent. But first, 
the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole starts us off by talking shit about EC3. He promises that by the end of 2019, Undisputed Era will be draped in championship gold. Match number one, Bobby Fish versus EC3. At one point, EC3 has Fish backed into a corner, and the ref makes me laugh by yelling, Come on, three! Fish tries to go, sorry. Fish tries to go after the bad knee, but gets caught in a small package for the pin. Grade B. Good match, but a bit short. Uh, undisputed air attack at the bell. Fat smoking guns come out to make the save. Oops, sorry. Heavy machinery. They're wearing jeans and no shirts. You can see how I would get confused. Uh, Otis does the worm and hits an elbow drop on Kyle O'Reilly to end the segment. Dakota Kyrie are talking to two iPhones and a microphone. Dakota challenges Duke and Shafir to a tag match next week. Match number two, The Mighty versus Lorkin and Birch. Shouldn't Lorkin and Birch have a team name by now? Miller hits a power slam on Oni, then Thorne springs off his back for a cannonball on Birch. In the corner, the referee screws The Mighty out of a victory by not counting the pinfall from the power slam until after the cannonball was completed. Blurch then wins. <laughs> Sorry, I just made myself laugh there. because Blurch win with a double-team DDT maneuver. That's still fucking funny to me. Grade B. Blurch get their revenge. Uh, Blurch get their revenge for the attack two weeks ago. Oh, this is going to be good. We go back to last week's awesome main event chat segment. Dijakovic promo. He debuts next week. That's exciting for me. Uh, backstage, Kathy is with the horsewomen. Shayna is not concerned with the four-way. Duke and Shafir aren't concerned with the tag challenge from Dakota. Last week, Lacey Evans won a match at a live event to qualify for the Fatal 4-Way, along with Bianca Belair. Match number three, Mia Yim versus Reyna Gonzalez. It is a Fatal 4-Way qualifier. Reyna is apparently a cowgirl. Reyna, Hawk, Gonzalez. Ma- Mia ends with... Mia wins with Eat. Defeat. Which, it's... I, sorry, that's just a dumb name. Grade C. I don't think anyone expected Reyna to win, and the finish was a little awkward. Your main event is next as Ricochet defends the North American Championship against a mystery opponent. But first, Alistair talks about Johnny. That cage match is next week. Match number four, North American Championship, Ricochet versus... Look, everyone, it's Tyler. Prince Pretty has returned to full sail. Ricochet retains the title with the Samoan driver for three. Grade A. No one expected Ricochet to lose the belt, but they gave us one hell of a match that really seemed like it could have gone either way tyler breeze being the surprise opponent was nice but i don't wonder if it kind of takes a bit of the shine off the current roster of nxt superstars like why did we have to call in a raw superstar instead of giving a title shot to someone who was already down there you know what i mean overall great for nxt this week b another solid show i think next week is going to be on fire thanks to that cage match uh overall great for the week b minus Good stuff this week. Some nonsensical booking on Raw brings us down a little bit overall, but really, not bad. That is it for me for this week. I hope you guys enjoy TLC tonight. I will have that and everything else for you next week on Making the Grade. Blurch.